Thank you, Lord. And he is the same as he's always been. Hallelujah. He's always been the healer. And he will always be the healer. Hallelujah. Look with me, if you would, in the scriptures. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, hold up your hand real high. And the ushers have extra Bibles. And you can use one of ours. And let's go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew, chapter 14. Tonight is Miracle and Healing Night. I like just saying it. Do you? Miracle and Healing Night. Whoo! Why wouldn't you want to come to Miracle and Healing Night? <laughs> so you don't, you don't actually really believe. <laughs> well, of course, yes. That's what it's all about. And we've seen it over and over. Aren't these good testimonies that Phyllis was reading? I mean, the Word is producing results. People are laying hold of this and believing. And and they're not believing that cancer or last stage cancer or HIV or whatever is a death sentence. And it's no hope. They're rising up and feeding their faith and resisting it. And it's leaving them. And they're believing and receiving restoration. And uh, you've heard several of them said 100% restored from what had been damaged and ravaged. Well, you do know he's, he, he loves you just the same right. as any of those that he did this for. In Matthew 14, Matthew 14 and 14, it simply says, Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude. Now, this is thousands of people. And he was moved with compassion toward them. Toward them. And he healed their sick. There refers to all the sick in the great multitude. Didn't say he healed some of the sick. He healed part of their sick. He healed a lot of their sick. When it says he healed their sick, doesn't that refer to all the sick that were there in the great multitude? And this is not just an isolated interpretation. If you've read the New Testament, you know time after time it says, and he healed them all. And he healed them every one. And he healed them all. As many as touched were healed. All that came were healed. And this is one of those similar statements. All the sick in the great multitude got healed. They had a healing and miracle day. (laughs) Didn't they? And a lot of miracles and a lot of healings took place. And we say, well, yeah, but that that was Jesus. Jesus was there. He's here too. He he didn't die and, and, and remain in the tomb. He has risen from the dead. He's alive, and he's still doing what he used to do. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he never changed, never will. 
And if he was moved with compassion toward people and healed them, then he is still the great I am who does not change and is still moved toward people and healing them. Look at the verse again. Jesus saw them and he was moved with compassion. Now the word compassion... Sometimes the same Greek words translated mercy. Sometimes the same words for mercy is the ones translated compassion. And, and if you look it up, it means to yearn as to one's insides. We, I think a phrase we use today might be our heart went out. Yes. Our heart went out to them. But this is not... A, uh, a feeling sorry for or an agreeing with the impossibility of the situation. We're going to see in just a moment that person after person after person came desiring, needing healing, but they asked for mercy or compassion. And again, these words are used interchangeably sometimes in the, in the Greek and in the King James. They asked for mercy, and they wanted healing, but they got healing when they asked for mercy. So when they're asking for compassion, they weren't asking Jesus, feel sorry for me. They were asking him to fix it. <laughs> Have compassion on me and fix it. And his heart went out toward them to fix it. Look at it again. He was moved. Somebody say moved. He was moved with compassion, not away from them, toward them. And the result of him being moved with compassion toward them he healed their sick. They were healed. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank God for compassion. The compassion of the Christ. The anointed one's compassion. Do you reckon he's lost some of his compassion through all these centuries? Hmm? Has he become hardened and calloused to the hurting masses? He no longer sees them the same way that he did then. If that was so, then he would have changed. And the Bible tells us he does not. Why? One reason he doesn't change, he's perfect. Perfection doesn't need to change. Ever. <laughs> and the way he saw it then, it was right. And he's still right, and so he still sees it the same way. He doesn't need to change. And he doesn't change. And his compassion is the same today as then. What you believe about healing reveals volumes about what you know of God. It really does. Uh, there are many Christians who believe in God. They believe he's all powerful. They believe he could heal if it was his will, if he wanted to. 
But they kind of believe he's disconnected to a degree. And that he, he's not moved with the pain and suffering and hurting. He, he's so far from it and so high and holy and pure above it that he really doesn't connect. But that just shows you don't know him. That shows they don't know him. Hmm? Because the scripture tells us that Jesus was and is the express image of the glory of God the Father. And he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. That means when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everything you hear Jesus say, everything you see him doing, you are hearing and seeing the Father. Who does not change. He is God. He changes not. And so when Jesus saw the hurting masses and the hurting multitude and he was moved with compassion toward them, he was expressing the very heart of God the Father. Wasn't he? Exactly the same. So no, people are wrong when they imagine that, yeah, maybe there's a great creator somewhere, but... He's so far above and beyond all this, to, you know, this, our little piddly hurting and pain, and our little aches and pains and our little discomforts. I mean, he, he probably not even half aware of any of that. Not true. I said not true. Go with me, if you would, to uh, the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4 and 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. That's the same word translated confession. And it means to acknowledge or to say something, particularly to say the same thing. We ought to say the same thing our high priest says, what he told us to say, because he is the apostle and high priest of our confession, of what we say. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, sitting at the right hand of majesty on high, and the Father himself is touched with the feeling of our weaknesses and our pain and our problems. He cares. It touches him. In all points he was tempted as we are without sin. He's experienced every temptation, every feeling of weakness, every uh, pressure. The difference is he never gave in to sin. 
But you can't say, well, nobody knows. He knows. He was here. He went through it and more. Verse 16, let us therefore, as a result of knowing we have this great high priest who is touched with the with the feeling of our infirmities, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, knowing he's there, knowing he cares. Because if you're not sure he's there, you're not coming. And even if you know he's there and he's almighty and can do anything, but you don't think he cares or he's got any time for you, you're not coming. But I'm coming. How about you? I believe I'm fully persuaded he's there and I'm just as persuaded he cares somebody say he's there there. and he cares cares. so because you know he's there because you know he's your high priest because you know he's touched with whatever's going on in your life you can come boldly to the throne of grace to get what that we may obtain Mercy. Again, the word mercy, compassion are used interchangeably sometimes. That we may get mercy. Now, friend, mercy is wonderful. Mercy. If you always did everything right and you never missed it, then you could get by on justice. But when you have sown badly and when you have yielded wrong and when you have uh, missed it right and left and if you get what you've sown, you're in trouble. (laughs) Then a lot of people, even church folks say, well, you've made your bed hard. You're going to have to lay in it. You've done this. No, no, no. no. What about mercy? Well, you you deserve it. Yeah, you also deserve to go to hell. But I ain't going. How about you? I'm not going. I deserve to go. I sin. I've come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Why am I not going? Mercy means you don't get what you deserved, bad, evil, and you do get The good you didn't deserve. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Thank God for mercy, which is why the Holy Spirit had the writers of the New Testament record repeatedly when people came needing healing, they asked for mercy. And they got healing. Let me remind you of some. I'll just read some of these to you. And you don't necessarily have to turn to these, but just listen. In uh, Matthew 9, well, excuse me, let me, uh, let me jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Matthew 15 and 22, the Canaanite woman came and cried and said, Lord, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. Did you remember her daughter got delivered and healed? What'd she ask for? What'd she get? Healing and deliverance. Matthew 20, verse 30. 
Matthew 20, verse 30, two blind men were sitting by the wayside. And when they heard Jesus passing by, they cried out. And what did they say? Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Now, it was widely believed during this time. We see it in the book of John. The disciples brought it up and asked Jesus, that man that was born blind, why was it? Was it because of his parents' sin or was it because of his sin? But no matter how you got that way or what let this problem into your life, and the truth is, so many times the reason we're having problems is because we've opened the door either disobediently or ignorantly. But no matter how you got that way, mercy covers it. I don't care if you were the meanest heathen in town. Hmm? And you just did stupid stuff with your body. And you, you, you messed up your, your liver drinking. And you contracted all kind of diseases doing things you shouldn't have done. And, and you, you did too much drugs. And you smoked too much dope. And you did all this and you did all that. And you say, well, look what a mess I'm in now. I guess I, I won't be able to have any quality of life in my later years. Uh-uh, you're forgetting. Mercy. 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 Yeah, but Brother Keith, I smoked for 40 years. Bound to have problems. Well, if you believe it. But you could believe in a God who could reach inside and touch you. Come on now, could he do it? Yeah, but I did all that. Yeah, but he's moved with compassion. And that mercy makes the difference. It's not about what you deserve. Because you don't deserve any of it. I don't know if I've been good enough to be healed. None of us have. Yet I'm still receiving mine. You? It's all by grace. Through faith. So that it can be by the mercy. And grace and goodness of God. So that everything we have, when people say, man, you know, uh, you look like you're doing better than you were doing physically 20 years ago. Don't give the credit to your vitamins. Don't give the glory to your new health regimen. You better, you better mention mercy in there somewhat. Huh? I assure you, it's not because you've done everything right. You know, there have been men and women that were top athletes dead at 32. I mean, if anybody watched their diet or anybody exercised and pushed it, they did. Dead at 40. Dead at 28. Hmm? I know I've always been interested in longevity. And I taught healing for years, and so I was interested, you know, if you're going to make it to long life, you can't die midway with some disease. You gotta, you're right, you gotta get healed and, and keep going to reach, reach that far. And so, uh, I, I've got a whole notebook full of, uh, clippings and all this kind of stuff about people that have lived well past a hundred. And, uh, this one guy years ago, cause I'm looking for, uh, similarities. 
You know, because anytime something's working, there's reasons why. And whether you know it or not, it comes back to truths in the Word, Amen. principles. And um, uh, this one guy, he, uh, he was a hundred and, I believe, 112. And uh, they asked him, they said, uh, what was his secret to long life? And he said, just trust God. Just trust God. And, he said, I have always smoked Prince Albert tobacco. (laughs) Well, it wasn't his perfect diet and regimen, now was it? reason I bring that up, people focus on on the wrong thing. If you believe something's hurting you, with that alone, uh, you can't do it in faith. So you need to make an adjustment. But everybody's body is different. And some people's body tolerates some things better than others. And and the big thing is you need to be led. The Spirit of God deals with you, do this, do it. Then deals with you, stop this, stop it. Change this, just follow what he said. But even with you doing everything you know and doing it perfectly, it's not enough <laughs> for you to make it and be sustained and be healed and have a long and blessed life. That's going to take mercy. mercy. <laughs> That's going to take the mercy of the Most High filling in the blanks for the stuff you don't even know you're doing wrong. Come on, come on. You listen to me. Make it up for the stuff you think you're helping yourself with. It's actually hurting you. Mercy. Mercy covers that. I've been saying for years, I'm going to keep on saying it. If you hadn't been saying it, you need to join me. I'm going to make it. Keith, me. I'm going to make it. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to stay as long as I'm supposed to stay. Do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm going to hit the finish line. Come on, are you listening to me now? And it's not because I know everything or do everything perfect or because I have so much faith. It's because God loves Keith. And God is merciful. Merciful to me. And by his mercy, by his grace, and with my faith, we're going to make it. We're going to make it all the way. Come on, say it out loud. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to run my whole race. I'm going to finish my course. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why not? You know that's the will of God. And if that's the will of God and me and him's in agreement on it, who's bigger than him? Then we ought, it ought to happen. It ought to happen. The devil's not big enough to override God in me. No matter what he wants to do. So if anything bothered me, I can be healed. Hmm? And I can overcome it. And it not take years off my life or take me out midlife. Scripture said, with long life, I'll satisfy you. 
show you my salvation. One translation says, show you how I can save. <laughs> they call for mercy, Matthew 20 and 30. And uh, verse 31, when the multitude rebuked them, Matthew 20, 31, they said it again, have mercy on us. And verse 34, what happened? So Jesus, what? Had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Now we know from the other scripture, something is moving him towards them. They're crying for mercy. And compassion moved him. Didn't it? To, to moved him toward them. And he reached toward them and touched them. How many believe he's just as compassionate tonight? Just as compassionate. He touched their eyes and immediately their eyes, blind eyes, received sight and they followed him. Friends, we, we got to step up our vision and our faith. So many Christians, all of us have had limitations in these areas thinking, well, yeah, we might, we, we might see some stomach aches healed tonight and some, and some headaches and maybe some sore backs and stuff. But, you know, blind eyes, uh, deaf ears, uh, uh, nerves put back together, spines put back together. Uh, well, why would we think one is harder than the other? We're not doing any of it. <laughs> We're not healing the headaches or the toe aches. Or, huh? So why would we categorize things like this in our mind? The one who's healing the headache is not challenged at all by the terminal cancer or the HIV or the paralysis at all. He creates stars, stars, planets. What would a few nerve cells be to him? Let's not limit him in our thinking. Let's not think, well, this can happen, but I don't know about that. Whew. That's going to take a major miracle. Well, what do the other take? <laughs> I don't care if, you, if your head was hurting and instantly it's not hurting anymore. That's miraculous. What happened that caused that to change? The same principle can heal cancer. Same way, HIV, no difference. And it takes all the pressure off of me. I'm not doing it. It takes all the pressure off of you. You're not doing it. And we all got our eyes on the one who is. He's here. And we believe in him. And we believe he can do anything. Anything. Easy, 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 easy. Say, I have faith in the power of God. In the uh, Mark 9:22. Mark 9:22, you know, uh, the man brought his his son that had had uh, seizures and fell in the fire and fell in the water and and he said to verse 22, he said, "If you can do anything." What did he ask for? Mark 9:22. Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And not feel sorry for us. Have compassion on us and help us. Right. Fix it. Yeah. 
Verse 23, Jesus said to him, what? Did he need to try to talk Jesus into being compassionate? No, he was already there. But what, what he tells him now is the revelation that much of the church still has not received. It is not all up to the great love and mercy of God. There's a manward side to this. Try to put yourself in, uh, it, it's a real stretch. But what if you were God? We, we can't really get a hold of that, but, but just for discussion's sake here, what, what if you were God and you had all power and you could heal anybody of anything, what would you do? Huh? What would you do tonight? Come on, are you awake? Look at your neighbor, see if they're awake. You're the Almighty. Sitting on the throne. You can do anything. You can heal. What would you do? Huh? You would heal everybody on the planet? When? Tonight? Everybody? So you'd do it differently from him. Huh? <laughs> because you're more compassionate. <laughs> I don't know everything, but I'm convinced he's right in the way he's doing things. The way he has set it up and what he does what he allows, the limitations. I'm convinced he, he's doing it the right way. And we might like to think, well, I'd do this or that. Yeah, but if you knew what he knew, <laughs> if you had the wisdom he had and were as compassionate as him, you'd do it exactly like he's doing it. And though he cares and though he is touched and though he has the power to do it, it is not just blanket healing all over the planet in response to needs. Faith is required. Amen. It's always been this way. In fact, he has said it's, there's no way you can please him. Without and apart from faith. And so when this man comes, this man is hurting. This, this boy's condition has caused their family terrible stress and problems. Where's the boy? And he's outside about to drown. Where is he? He throwed himself into the fire again. He went into a seizure. And, and the, you, can, you could know the man's pain in his voice when he cries out, Jesus. If you can do something, have compassion on us. Help me. And he didn't just say, Zappo. There you go. (laughs) 
Does he care? Yes. Yes, he cares. And because he cares, he tells the man this. What does he say? If you can believe. And this is where you, you start talking about this and you lose half the church. Oh, you mean I have something to do with it? <laughs> I'm, I have, I'm responsible. Folks don't like it. People like no-fault religion. No matter what happens. It's not my fault. God's ways are mysterious. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. Nobody knows. This must not have been the will of God. But that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what Jesus revealed of the Father. What do we know? Here's the great truth, friends. The compassion, the mercy, the love of God moves him. Moved him to send Jesus. Moved him to cause Jesus to take our infirmities, bear our sicknesses, carry our our sins and our pains, pay the price, become sin with our sin in our place. Let the full judgment of God fall on him and him pay the price and buy and pay for our healing among other things. And the compassion of God caused him to get it even though we didn't deserve it, caused him to pay for it, even though we didn't merit it, caused him, it moves him to present it to us. Yes, thank you, Lord. But it's faith that receives from compassion. The love of God brought it to you, ministers it to you. He's here in this place tonight. And he's moved with compassion and his love is just as strong as it ever was. And that love moves him. The love compels him. And he will do everything but jam it down your throat. He will bring it on top of you. He will bring it all around you. He will minister it to you. He will hold the spoon right up to your lips. Thank you, Lord. And when you sense his presence and you sense the anointing, he's saying, I love you. I care about you. I care that you've been hurting. It's why I did what I did and bought what I bought. And I got it for you right here. Here it is. Here it is. Let me put it in you. Let me work it in you. But he won't force us or make us receive it. It's at that point we must do something. And it's, it's not hard. The devil tries to complicate it, make it confusing, but it's so simple, so easy. We must simply believe that we receive. We must, uh, in, in Hebrews 11, three words are used describing people of faith, kind of a general summary. It says they were persuaded of things, and they uh, embraced it, and they confessed it. You're persuaded of it. And that embrace means it's what you think. It means to enfold your arms around, to grab it and and take it hold to you. Whether uh, we needed to be healed or not, all of us have come together tonight bringing our faith. That makes it easier for anybody that might come. 
because we don't just have a couple of people believing here tonight. We got a bunch of people believing here tonight, right? And that will allow the Lord to bring miracle power. It's already here. And healing power right up to you. But you got to reach out with your faith and put your arms around it. Come on. You got to reach up by faith and enfold it and embrace it and receive it and say, I take that. I take that. I receive that. And then the next thing it said, confess it. Just like you can, how many of there was a point where you believed and were persuaded that Jesus was the Son of God, that he paid the price on the cross, that he's raised from the dead, and so then you came and embraced him, didn't you? You came and you received Jesus as Lord of your life. Inside did you embrace him. You received him, and then you stood up and confessed, Jesus is my Lord. And miracle of miracles, you were born again, and you are a child of God. That's really in some ways a far greater miracle than a body being healed. Because that's your eternal spirit. Well, healing is exactly that way. Works works the very same way. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his compassion. But it it brings the healing to us. Then our faith receives it. Our faith embraces and receives. and And receives his love. Healing is, is love. Hmm? The healing power is, is the power of God. God is love. So healing power is love power. And you can receive love or you can reject love. Can't you? Go with me to Hebrews. Well, let me see. Yeah. Hebrews 3. We both need to believe the love that God has for us and we need to receive the love that God has for us. Hebrews 3 and verse 12. He said, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Did you hear that phrase? Evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Skip down to verse 15. He said, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now, this is a description of the same thing. What is an evil heart of unbelief? It's the same thing as a hard heart. A a heart hardened against the Lord. Paul said this, He said, uh, I obtained mercy. He's talking about when he persecuted the church and and was a witness at at God's man stoning and, and all those kind of things, pursued to persecute the church. He said, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. He was in unbelief, but he really thought he was doing right. But when he met the master... On the road to Damascus, he said, who are you, Lord? He didn't know who he was, but knew whoever he was, he was Lord. And he said, I'm Jesus. Don't you know Paul about, about fell in the ditch when he, I am Jesus. Because that's who he's been trying to 
Wipe off the map. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Oh, wow. But you know that Paul's life was totally changed. I mean, he did a 180. And even more than trying to hurt the church, did he give himself night and day to advance the kingdom and build it. But he said, I got, I got mercy because I did it ignorantly. Ig- somebody say ignorant. Amen. There's an unbelief that's, that's based in ignorance. But that's not what he's talking about here. There's an unbelief that is rooted in unpersuadableness. Even when you see it, you refuse to believe it. Even when there's evidence all around and there's every reason to believe, still slow to believe. And how many remember Jesus rebuked his disciples after he's raised from the dead because they were slow to believe and for their hardness of heart. That's what this is talking about. And one of the prime examples was Thomas. Remember what Thomas said? When they told him that they had seen the Lord and the Lord had been raised, he said, unless I can put my finger in the nail hole, unless I can put my hand where that spear went in his side, I will not believe. Do you hear that phrase? He's taking a stance of unpersuadableness. You're going to have to prove it to me nine ways verified, you know, I'm going to have to see it, I'm going to have to hear it, I'm going to have to have proof, 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 proof. That is an evil heart of unbelief. And that's not how you get miracles. We've been reading in the book of Acts about the, remember the saints at Berea? They were a different mindset than the, the other riotous bunch that they just left the previous time. So they searched the scriptures daily. To see whether those, they were of a ready mind. What are they? They're ready to believe. Even before they believe, they're ready to believe. That's the kind of people that get miracles. You're ready to believe. You're ready to believe. Anybody in here ready to believe? Come on now. You, you, you can't sit back and be unpersuadable and go, well. You know, there's a lot of strange things happen and nobody really knows why. We can't be, you know, gullible, and we've got to be scientific, and, and I went to college. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to stay sick. You're not going to have miracles. Because that's, that's an evil heart of unbelief. That's being unpersuadable. Now, you don't want to just believe anything and everything that comes down the pike. No, you don't. But when the Lord your God tells you something, when he reveals something to you, when he shows you something, you shouldn't, the jury shouldn't be out for a month or so while you think about it and ponder it. When he makes it plain to you and show it's time to jump on it with both feet and throw both arms out and embrace it. And go, Revelation, you are my new buddy. Me and you. God showed me this, and you ain't going nowhere. You stay with me. You embrace it. That is a good heart of faith, not a heart of unpersuadable and unbelief. Go with me, if you would, to, uh, um, let's see, Luke 5.
We're going to release our faith. Luke 5, verse 12. They came asking for mercy, asking for compassion. And the Spirit of God recorded those instances because that is the right way to approach. You don't approach the Lord telling Him how good of a Christian you've been. Hmm? How faithfully you've been to attend and to tithe and how you've done this and you've done that because that has nothing to do with you being healed. Hmm? You're not healed by anything that you've done. You're healed by what Jesus has done. Totally. What he's done. And what's been provided by grace is received simply by faith, just like you received being born again. Same way. Here in Luke 5, 12, it says, It came to pass, he was in a certain city, there was a man full of leprosy. So this man, leprosy was considered an a incurable and terminal disease. And this man is in the last stages of it. He's full of it. And he saw Jesus and he fell on his face. And he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will. That sounds like three-fourths of the church today. Doesn't it? Well, if it's his will. I believe he could. If it's his will. Other translations uh, bring it out. Uh, the, the Living Bible says, If you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. The NRS says, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Uh, one translation says, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. If you want to. How many would let the Word of God answer such questions? What is the next very next phrase? Very next phrase. What did he say? Put it up on the screen for us. If you choose, you can make me clean. Verse 13, what did Jesus say to this? Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, full of leprosy and all. Why did he reach out his hand and touch him? Because he was moved with compassion toward him. And here was his answer. And this is not Jesus saying something off the top of his head. He said, I only say what I hear my father say. And if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So he is revealing Jesus' word and action is the revelation of the unchanging will of God for all people for all time. Is it all right to take the Bible and take it for yourself and say, well, that, he, he, he said that to him. He's saying the same thing to me. People do it with all kinds of scriptures. Why not do it with this one? He stretched out his hand and said, I do choose. Be made clean. The living Bible says it like this. Do we have the living there? He said, if you only want to, you can clear me of every trace of disease. And Jesus said, of course I will. Of course I will. Implication is, why didn't you know? Of course I will. Be healed and the leprosy left him instantly. That's a miracle of healing. 
Healing is when you recover, you start getting better and get better and better until you're healed and whole, whether it takes a few days or a few months. And that's great and that's wonderful. But then there's miracles too. Miracles of healing, what would have normally taken the body days or weeks or months to accomplish, you know, there's healing working. It just took it a while. Well, where that healing came from, from that same source, there's more. And God can crank up the healing power. He can turn it up and multiply it by 10 or by 20 or by 50 or by 100. And when you get that degree of healing power on the scene, it's like, now you see it? Now you don't. Why? There's too much healing power for any of it to stay any longer. It's just consumed by the power of God. We were at a place uh, uh, recently and had a, a miracle night. And, uh, oh, my, there was uh, uh, two, two cases that stood out to me in particular. One guy had had muscle problems in his hands. He was born with it. And he was never able to uh, uh, close and, and fully open his hands exactly like he was spo- supposed to. And he was standing up there doing this, doing this. And just, uh, you talk about happy. He was one happy man. Of course, we didn't know it, but we wondered why he's so happy. He said, I'd never been able to do this. Never grew up like this and it was there for decades and then faster than you can blink your eyes it's gone it's gone this one woman said she had had pressure in her head and the Lord had called that out and, and pressure in her head been that way for months just excruciating and she's standing there with tears of joy coming down her cheeks she says I got not one pain not one pain what happened? I mean, it was it was faster than you could blink your eyes. A miracle of healing power. And some, some people say, well, I don't know if I believe all that. Well, they won't be bothered with it. This happens for believers. These signs follow those that believe. Those that are ready to reach up their arms and embrace. And lay hold of what compassion so lovingly ministers. Somebody say, I believe, I believe, I believe. The Weish translation says, Jesus said it like this, My heart desires it. Be cleansed at once, and instantly the leprosy left him. Glory to God. I want us to join our faith together in the remainder of the service here. I want us to ask the Lord to work miracles in our midst. Hmm? Is that scriptural? In the book of Acts, we see where they got together as a group and they prayed and they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be wrought in the name of your holy child Jesus. And the Lord liked the prayer so much, he shook the house. And if you read the next couple of chapters, it said signs and wonders happened and healings happened. It's not all up to the Lord. He, when, when, when the man pulled on him and said, Lord, have compassion. If you can do anything, have compassion and help us. What did Jesus tell him? If you, if you can believe, all things are possible, not just with God. All things are possible to him that believes. You've got to forget about all the reports. You've got to forget about the tests. 
You've got to forget about what happened to this one or that one that had a similar condition. Are you listening, friends? Because if, as long as you've got that in your eyes and that on your mind, you're walking by sight, that will choke your faith. And this is what helps us, among other things. We're going to release our faith, and I would like you to not think about yourself right now. I would like you to believe for somebody behind you or in front of you or to the side or somebody watching through these cameras tonight. Right. Yeah. Would you do that? Yes. And yet, while you're doing that, somebody else that's not believing for themselves, they're believing for you. And since you don't have their symptoms and you haven't heard all their reports and all their tests, you can just forget about all that. Believe God for a miracle. And they can do that for you. And we can do that for people that are watching. And we're going to believe him. Knowing it's his will. Knowing he's there. Knowing he cares. We're going to come boldly to the throne of grace. And we're going to ask him to do these things. And when we do that, it's not enough just to ask now. Didn't the Bible say, don't, don't waver because you won't receive. When you ask, you've got to ask in faith. Believing that you receive. So when we ask, we're going to release our faith and we're going to begin to expect these, th- these kind of things to happen. We're not going to tell the Lord what and how. He knows. Uh, we're just going to expect whatever needs to happen so that people get set free, people get healed, people get restored. People don't die. They can live out their full life. Whatever needs to happen, we're going to believe. And come on now, can you, can you wait a few minutes and not be in too big of a rush? We're going to stand and we're going to believe for a while. Now sometimes the Lord will show me some of the things that's, uh, that he's doing. Not, not, all, not everything, not always, but he'll show me some things. I may call them out. And uh, if I don't call something out, it doesn't mean he's not doing it. He's doing all manner of things. But if that's the case, we'll do that too. And whichever way he leads. Won't you stand up on your feet, everybody? Let's get ready to release our faith. Just close your eyes and reach up your heart to the Lord. Let's focus on Him. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. But the healer is here. Lord, I believe. Lord, singing it. Oh. 
Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. Don't be looking around. Be very reverent and respectful. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to be depressed or subdued. You want to be excited and expecting, but at the same time, respectful. Pray it out loud if you mean it with all your heart. Father God, we believe in you. You are the great God who made the heavens and the earth and all things therein. And nothing is too difficult for you. We ask you and we agree together as touching this thing asking you to stretch forth your hand to heal and to work miracles in our midst. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the room, outside the room. We ask you whatever they need Whatever miracle, whatever healing it takes, we're asking you to do it for them in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now let's believe God. Believe God. That means expect. Expect. Be believing that things are happening right now. Expect the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, just stand and believe. Stand and expect. Oh, Lord, we thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for moving in our midst right now. We thank you for working miracles. 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 Miracles, miracles, miracles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What key are we in? 